Welcome to the Foxy Podcast, a bi-monthly show brought to you by Freeform Freakout. The show is produced at KMSU Studios in Mankato, Minnesota. And here on the Foxy Podcast, we try to dig deeper into underground and experimental sounds of the past and present. And welcome to episode number 220 of the Foxy Podcast Show. Hope you're all doing well out there, wherever you're listening from. For this installment of the podcast, I was joined in the studio by the Minneapolis-based band E, who have been creating heavily atmospheric and hypnotic music together since 2016. As a self-described non-genre band, their sound draws from a variety of traditions, such as minimalism, ambient, drone, psychedelic, and avant-pop. This past month, E released a brand new album called Junk Body that finds the band moving in a more song-oriented direction while still retaining their time-stretched approach to composition. The members of E traveled down from Minneapolis to join me at KMSU's satellite studio at the Art Center of St. Peter, where we discussed the history of the band, the making of their new album, their upcoming tour plans, and other topics. We also played some tracks from their new album, and the members of the band picked out a handful of other tracks to play by artists that they admire. And after our interview, we relocated to the lower gallery area of the Art Center, and E performed the entirety of their new album from start to finish for a small audience, which you'll get to hear in the second half of the show. Before I get to the interview portion, I thought I'd start the show off by playing a couple of tracks from E's older releases. This first one comes from their 2018 release, Poem. This is the opening track called Amulet.
are here in the studio with the Twin Cities band E, who uh, traveled down to the Art Center of St. Peter and are going to be hanging out with us in the studio and performing on this episode of the show. And I thought uh, before we get going, we will we'll have each of you introduce yourselves just so people can, uh, you know, attach a voice with a name. So if you want to just go around just to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Marielle. I enjoy long walks through the woods. And I spend my time uh, doing a little songwriting. Uh, I enjoy watching movies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you sing in the band. I'm <laughs> the singer. I thought I would just really introduce myself. Oh, yeah. That's right. Uh, I'm Mike, and I am. I also enjoy walks and 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 uh, hanging out by the lake. And I play keyboards in E. And I'm Meredith. I play drums in E, and I enjoy most things, including walks. I'm Travis, and I play guitar and synth. And Travis apparently doesn't like walking. We, <laughs> I do, but I, not in the woods. At our age, <laughs> scary. It becomes, you know, the woods are scary. Right, right. Stick to the beach. Right, just practical, functional walking, point A to point B. Well, I appreciate you all coming down and, and to hang out here. I, I thought maybe to start off here, we, we should discuss just the history of the band a bit because there has been, you know, some different lineup changes over the years. Uh, people have come and gone, but uh, maybe well, for starters, how long has this current uh, configuration of the band been been playing together? Um, I would say five years, no, six years now. Yeah, so, Travis has been with us the whole time, so he's a good person to ask. Yeah, well, really, Mike, Meredith, and myself started playing in 2016, and then Marielle joined a year and a half or two years later. Yeah, and at the time, Crystal Meisleck, mm -hmm. uh, a, a good friend of ours, had joined for... I, I, Crystal, I think it was two years she was with us and sang and played bass, and so she was involved for a period of time and then all five of us were in the band for a little while and then um Muriel started singing at a certain point and yeah so it's kind of it's evolved and and changed yeah. over time but yeah it started out I think Travis and I first got in touch with Meredith we were just playing sort of long form improvisations that are were drone like right and and sort of building building trying to build a language out of it yeah, kind of. and you've made it work though. I mean, for the f being in a band is not easy, juggling schedules and and just real life stuff. But wow, you that's have, so true. <laughs> you <fu> you <laughs> have found a way to to persevere and make it through, um, and and come out here with a new record here. So is this is this something for you all that you have really had to dedicate and carve out time to be together? Like there's sort of a discipline aspect to it oh yeah we're pretty disciplined i'd say um once we're together we i think we can be slackers and everything but um <laughs> we didn't take we didn't take a, a single break through the pandemic we just i mean we actually tried to mix on the computer on zoom. through zoom so oh, we, really? we tried everything that had to be done to like stay on schedule and stay on top of the band uh goals you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. goals well you you had mentioned mike like the sound of the band has certainly evolved uh over the years i mean i i think of those early releases much more maybe long form minimalist drone works 
Um, and it, it seems as though songs or maybe like songwriting has become a little bit more uh, integral to what you're doing. Is that a fair take of, of where you're at right now? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I think we started out, we used to play shows where every show was really different. Mm -hmm. Different lineups, did drone things. We would do sometimes kind of structured things. We would play Terry Riley keyboard mm -hmm. pieces and all different, like a punk show and then Terry Riley or whatever, just mm -hmm. really weird things. And we, and I, it, it's changed. I think one thing is that we've gotten more interested in doing the recording process, mm -hmm. like gradually like involving that in the songwriting process and doing yeah. it ourselves. And Muriel's been studying a lot of production and recording. Mm -hmm. and we sort of have built, worked on a studio. So that's, that changed things, I think, in some ways. Was before it more of just recording a live session, an improvisation, if you will? Some of those early things? Yeah, those were... Yeah, the drone <laughs> tapes are basically live recordings. Everyone playing simultaneously, maybe with a few overdubs here and there. And the ARC one, um, that one we played at a residency at um, St. Kate's University, and that was recorded on an iPhone from one of oh. our performances. An old iPhone. An old iPhone. <laughs> Gives it a, a vintage quality. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Well, well, let's talk about the new record that just came out. I mean, within the past week or two, uh, it's called Junk Body. And, and I think your last release, if I'm not mistaken, it was like 2020 when it came out. So I think you maybe have already addressed this, Mariel. Like, this mis does this material stre stretch back to pre-COVID, or was this some something that mm. developed all through that time? It certainly does. Um, we were actually touring with this material before COVID. So mm. what was what was it like? 2018, 2019. We went, you know, we went east, we went west, we went south kind of did we pieced up the whole u.s with with this material and we uh and then we found that it was just ready to be recorded mm -hmm. uh not knowing how much time we would have to turn that around um yeah and then some of those songs were written in 2015 that just had no they didn't have a home yet mm -hmm. so it it's uh kind of a soundtrack to a large part of the past the band yeah. itself basically yeah. At what point did you start to commit these to, well, for to tape, for lack of a better term? I mean, like, when did you really get into the recording process that, itself for this one? We started um, with the drums, and we tracked those, I believe, in the summer of 2018. Oh, wow. Okay. And then it took a while to put the other instruments on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. We had some of the songs, we, we were touring home. And we had some of those songs in the set, and we had some new ones in the set. And so they were blended, and then the the songs that we were playing live developed when we were on tour. So we tried to capture that. Mm -hmm. And and then, but we were just sort of, we wanted to sit with the record, and I think we just kept working on it, and the pandemic mm -hmm. hit, so that stretched it out. Right. Um, yeah. I really yeah. like how uh, being in the studio and recording those songs allowed for, like, expansive... Uh, modular or more like maybe not modular okay some expansive moog solos that ha wouldn't have happened mm -hmm. had we not had that much time to experience yeah yeah well from the reading of the one sheet uh for the new album um it was also recorded at a time when you meredith it sounds like you were dealing with some pretty significant 
health issues, dealing with maybe currently dealing with, yeah. um, you know, things that you're were attacking your body, and hence the title of the record, junk, junk body. And I, I thought, you know, with a, I'm not asking you to disclose all of your health stuff on air here, but maybe could you speak to how those health issues maybe impacted your playing, and and maybe how that how that maybe took a different direction for for the songs and how things took shape yeah um so so leading up to to the recording of this i had been getting increasingly sick and injured for reasons that we didn't know like Mm -hmm. the first e-tour that we went on i broke my foot simply by walking the Mm. day before we left and was in a boot for the whole tour that's why travis doesn't like walking exactly i get it travis Mm-hmm. So um, they were with me as my health just devolved and devolved mm-hmm. and devolved. And I was literally like sleeping on the floor in between songs and stuff. It was it was quite bad. And um, finally, I got diagnosed and started a lot of treatment. And one of the things is um, learning proprioception. I've got mm-hmm. a a uh, genetic disease where it's it's like a disability, like blindness, but mm-hmm. my body in space. And so I've had to do tons and tons of physical therapy linking up my left brain and my right brain. Mm. And so playing these really repetitive um, beats, you know, that Mm. I might throw something, you know, throw a little wrench in there on one Mm -hmm. hand for a while and then coming back to it. I feel like has actually been kind of physical therapy. I was just going to say to me, that sounds like (laughs) something very therapeutic, like playing the drums for you. Definitely. Yeah. So is that, I mean, obviously previous stuff has been sort of uh, locked groove sort of things, but I mean, did it change how you had to approach the kit in a way? Well, yes and no. Mm -hmm. I already play a pretty weird kit that Mm -hmm. happened um, accidentally. Uh, When we first started playing, we were sharing a practice space and there wasn't room for me to bring my own drums. And so I just started playing on what was there and it was it was two toms and a and a snare Mm -hmm. and then I just kind of stuck with that it became it became what it you know what it is that that I just play in the band and it feels natural at this point so I I don't think I've done too much except um kind of raise the heights and stuff and try to um get better I mean not even just because of my health just become a better drummer where I'm not playing from my shoulder but i'm playing from my wrist and things like that right better habits definitely better habits well from my reading of the notes also like half of these songs were composed by you mariel and sort of workshopped with the group and then the other ones were kind of created as a collective um was there was that where you was that the starting point these songs that you had and like kind of building out from that like hey this is a base for an album what's what's get something that's sort of complementary to that i couldn't have imagined uh the tra- the kind of transformation that the songs went through to mm-hmm. fit um it's like putting something into cut time and then like slowing it, everything down and then i mean they really were reworked yeah the melodies had to be treated in a new way everything had to be like eified right <laughs> yeah because you compose these on like a, a simple casio yeah, keyboard it was like um, pa, pa, um, yeah, pa, pa. yeah it was you know like dark but happy mm-hmm. but you know it had something um had something that 
I guess the this this group heard something uh, with a lot of potential. Yeah, I mean, it was we we were going to use more than one harmony. That was mm-hmm. a new mm-hmm. decision, you know, for a band that started with drones. And I think part of it is like we didn't want to just do ambient music. We yeah. this is the same time where it's like ambient streaming, ambient lo-fi beats kind of thing had become the new music. Right. And yeah. it's just we're not a genre band, right? So. I think it was a nice provocation to take this music and it's like, okay, we'll have two chords or we'll have, you know, a bit of a song structure, but we're going to just like spread it all out. Right. I, I liked watching Mike do that with, to the songs, actually. Mm-hmm. Like some people are really precious with what they've written mm-hmm. and it's hard to collaborate with a band for that reason. Right. But I mean... I love the, these people and like the, the their ideas that they have musically. So it was you're really comfortable fun. letting the song go to oh, live a new life. It was amazing. <laughs> I wish I could relive those those days, but luckily we kind of do. It's also, I think, after a certain number of years, we've built a language together. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not even a language of talking about music. It's just a language of is this working or not, mm-hmm. and that's that's one of the things that makes it actually easier to stay together as a band. Because right. as long as you're not like in your 20s and filled with drama and like suddenly you don't <laughs> like each other and you know, it's like once you're past that, it's like if you get to this space where you're building your own logic as right. a group, then it's like becomes really easy right. because it's just everything is faster. This is life work, yeah. not it's something that you do because this is a part of who you are to be creative and yeah. to create something. Yeah. You're not worried about the the bottom line or something, the the lifestyle that surrounds it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, let's play a couple of tracks from this new record. Uh, I thought we would play the title cut, Junk Body, and I'm just going to, we're going to make the decision right here. We're going to play Pentagram 2. So here is E from their new one again, from Junk Body. Thank you. 
Thank you.
Okay, you just heard a couple of tracks from the new record from E. You heard uh, the, the track Pentagram and the title cut called Junk Body, again, from their new release. Uh, maybe mention this is a, a co-release that came out. It's available on LP and a, a cassette edition. Mike, who who is it again that put out this record? This is Ish, uh, which is a Swiss label, and uh, 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 Michelle got in touch with us. He's a friend of ours now, but he's sort of a pen pal, and he was a big fan of E, so he put out Palm, and then he agreed to do the second record as well. So we're really psyched to work with him. And then Matt Malin has a label called uh, Shinkoyo Artist Pool, and he's done the cassettes, and he's also done cassettes for our other drone releases. And he's an old friend of mine. We used to play in a, play in a band called Skeletons together, so it's, Very yeah, cool. it's fun to collaborate with him. Yeah, and those are available directly from from the labels and through. You can order direct through E's Bandcamp page as well. Um, we are recording uh, this session on the weekend that the Big Ears Festival is taking place in Knoxville, Tennessee. It's the tenth anniversary of the festival, and I was surprised to learn maybe a year or two ago that your band played that festival. I, I had zero knowledge of that, and. Um, um, I, I guess I've always I, I wanted to go this year to the festival because just the lineup is insane. Didn't work out, uh, but <laughs> but we'll carry on. Uh, we'll move on beyond that. But um, I was just curious how you your band got involved in that and and what your experience uh, was like playing that festival. Ooh, um, I, I guess we had a connection with someone named Jason at the Pilot Light, which is a a late night of the festival where you know all the big shows may be wrapped up for the night and then you, you just like load into this bar and you know a lot of drunk people who love experimental music <laughs> converge cool. on a bar it's cool in that way it's a it's a <laughs> great right. time if you ever get a chance to a go, drunken drone audience huh? check out the pilot light if you're mm-hmm. if you're not too tired um yeah yeah it was really fun it was a highlight it was definitely a highlight of our band's it's definitely the coolest thing we've ever done. Were you able to stick around and catch some of the other performances and stuff that were taking definitely. place? Definitely. Oh, we yeah. got some passes. Who did we see that was... I saw... Ja- well, we all saw Jack Dejanet and I cried. Yeah. Oh, and man. with Ravi Coltrane in, the, in sort of this amazing Gilded Age theater in downtown mm-hmm. Knoxville with these like cool psychedelic lights on the ceiling. It was, it was magical. It yeah. Was a really fun weekend. That's super cool. I see that you were playing another fest very soon the milwaukee psych fest you are now officially a psych band huh (laughs) but that's a a super cool lineup it's coming up at the beginning of may i was just wondering when i saw that i'm thinking do you have other tour plans for the summer is that something that you are you just going to do some one-off things here and there as time allows and life allows yeah we're working on i think probably weekends and things like yeah. that I, we want to do a west coast run i think we may do that in the winter or something we're trying to i think we're, and we're going to play the hideout in, on august 5th uh chicago. With, yeah yep. in in chicago uh and probably madison and iowa you know sort of some weekends and things like that mm-hmm. and we're going to build back up to doing some more serious touring, yeah. Well, we'll I think the West Coast is a priority. Well, we'll have to plan a proper public show in our area when yeah. you come back, w- looping around from Iowa, perhaps. Oh, totally. We can. I think we can arrange that. Well, I had asked you guys to bring along some other music to play on, on the show, 
And, and I guess that had me thinking because I never really specified anything. I said, just bring stuff that's not on major labels or anything like that. Um, so it, it got me thinking, like, were there particular sounds, maybe albums or artists that you found common ground with early on? Like, you know, you, you, you kind of bonded over certain music and you thought, this, these are people that I can make music with because we, mm. we, we share this in common. Mm. Any particular, again, not necessarily, I don't want you to drop album names or anything. You can, but are, was there certain things that you shared early on as a band? I remember a lot of talk about Alice Coltrane. Okay, yeah. That was a big one. Yeah. Well, Feel. Mike and I started playing in a more of a kraut rock band, so... There yeah. was definitely some noy and some can at the beginning, mm-hmm, for sure, mm-hmm. that I think carries through to mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. Some of those locked grooves that you still have. Yeah, yeah. albeit much slower. <laughs> yeah. I kind of misunderstood that question. I'm kind of going to mention it anyways. But um, So Bitch and Bajas are from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a psych rock band, but not really. I feel like they're in a very similar vein, and... With like a mutual love of the ace tone organ, is we just like can't help but play together when every chance that we get. Yeah, yeah, bonding over rare vintage synthesizers and and keyboards. Yeah. <laughs> well, Cooper, who plays in Bitch and Bahas, I've known him since twenty two thousand nine, I think, when yeah. he played in Cave. So he used to come to New York, um, mm-hmm. and when I played with the West African singer Janka Nabe, he would, whenever we come to Chicago, he'd lend me his organ, and I would mm-hmm. lend him my organ. So I got to know him there. And so, yeah, there's a there's an affinity with those Chicago sort yeah. of minimalist, psychedelic people. Yeah. Last time I saw you was playing with Bitchin' Bajas. Oh, right. Up in Minneapolis, yeah. Well, why don't we talk about what, what are you going to start off this block of music with? Um, the first song that we were going to do is Inverted Vamp by Fabulous Diamonds. And I picked, I chose this song because... Um, I think that they're a band that we have a lot in common with, but we do things quite differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so both of us um, have like significant organ drones mm-hmm. going on and then really looped um, drums. But the drums, the drums are very different from mine in that I feel like they're, they're a lot more percussive mm-hmm. and mine are a lot more melodic. And then with the drones, with the with the organ drones, like Mike Mike does a lot of arpeggios, and these are just like f- flat chords that are going on. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely, before we started playing together, I was listening to a lot of Fabulous Diamonds. So they, it's definitely informed how I've played at least. But um, but like I said, I think they're also doing something quite different from us. Yeah, I love this band. It's been, it's been. I'm glad you're playing it because it's been a little while since I've listened to them. Which track are you going to play? Inverted Vamp. All right, here's Fabulous Diamonds.
right, we just wrapped up that uh, block of music there. And, and Mike, you want to share the, the track that you had picked out? Yeah, this was Bismillah Khan's, uh, one of uh, his performances of on the Shanai, which is like a oboe, his Indian instrument that was a folk instrument. And this is one of those things where it's like I started playing a synthesizer solo sound, and my friend, who is an expert in Indian classical music, was like, you need to listen to Bismillah Khan because yeah. you're doing things that echo what he's doing yeah. and then it's like um and then it kind of reinforces and sort of opens up these new paths so it's like a really amazing melodic sound with all of these pitch bends and kind of moves energy in this really powerful way so it's been fun to listen to his work yeah what what era is that what year are those recordings i i i actually don't know i'd have I mean, to look just, that up yeah. yeah i was just wondering if it's older material i'm not sure and then we played some Mitch and Bajas, who we talked about on the front end. And you picked out the record that they did of the Sun Ra covers. One of the coolest album cover arts, too, wouldn't you say? It's quite nice. It's amazing, right? And which track did you play again? The uh, Outer Space Ways Incorporated. Of course. Classic. It's that robot voice that <laughs> I can't not choose that one every time. Yeah. they And they are an incredible live band, too. Just like those live sounds are spot on with what you hear on the record they sound so good mm -hmm. they're I very was, versatile i was very impressed with them when i saw them play with you guys last time i thought that their set was incredible so as was yours which i should mention the set that you played that evening was really quite different almost i would say like heavy groove oriented stuff compared to and i'm uh, compared right. to the record i was just like it was a lot of different material i mean are you already like moving on to the next thing with the, with the stuff that you're performing oh i'm afraid so i'm afraid mm -hmm. so i hope that we do get a chance to work on more drones but um with maybe like the kraut rock influence we we kind of enjoy adding in you know more rhythmic ideas yeah um i think there will always be uh callings back to like maybe the poem the first poem lp yeah but uh, I think we're, yeah, we're going a little bit further out from where we came from, and uh, but I also don't, I wouldn't be surprised if we, like, returned back to a more minimal sound. Longer drone stuff. I think, Mike, you had mentioned when you were down with Florina that there was, there was shades of, like, the young marble giants popping up, and I heard a little bit of that, that some of, like, really the rhythm machine kind of sounds that you played that night. yeah. Yeah, I think we're just trying to stretch our language in different directions yeah. because it's not, you know, I think working with drums and drum machines, it's been a fun thing for Meredith. You know, your drums are very melodic. So finding these like electronic grooves that we can sort of weave things Play on around top of is like a new. And then there's there's still sort of slow, weird songs that we wrote, like Simplify. There's like some classic E stuff that's in that set. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be part of a third big LP that we're mm -hmm. recording now. That you're working on currently, yeah. yeah. You mentioned re the return to drone, and I think uh, uh, I would associate your group with the Drone Not Drone Festival. I think we mm. I keep bringing up festivals. I don't know. That's, there's, a, there's a theme here. But um, that is certainly an important event that unifies or sort of binds a lot of groups in the Twin Cities together that kind of find a way, even if groups that work in a more rock vein, We'll jump into the drone and I feel like you had mentioned earlier uh, and I believe the first segment that you know you each live show that you played was kind of in a different vein 
but I, I would say this is sort of your community. There's almost like a drone, a drone community. Is that a, you, you can speak to it because you're on the front lines of it in, in the Twin Cities. Oh yeah, I mean we play it. We've played it almost every year. Maybe maybe a year or two we haven't played it, but yeah, we've been playing it with the same people. So, mm -hmm. um, for instance, we have a friend um, who performs under the name John St. Pelvin, oh, yeah. and his daughter is nine, and I think she's been to like almost every single not drone. I think I've seen her sleeping on the floor exactly. sometimes. Right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So mm -hmm. it's kind of a family event. It is, yeah. And Luke Hyken, who runs it, is just, he's, I don't know, he's a really close friend of ours, mm -hmm. and he's a huge supporter of our music, and it's a spiritual fit, I would think. You know, it's like, that whole scene lives through the whole year. Yeah. And we, mm -hmm. you know, we play an American Cream and collaborate with Nate on that, and we, you know, we're just, it, it, it infuses a kind of space where people experiment and are willing to listen to really long-form music. Yeah, yeah. And think about time. Right. in a very different way than you would at an ordinary concert. I, I, I went this year to the Saturday Night Show, and it is like stepping into an alternate universe mm. where it's just you are checked out into this blackened room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, pretty, it's, it's pretty amazing and pretty special to, to, to witness, I think. It's like a festival and an installation. Oh, abs yeah, absolutely, because totally there's immersive. the light. The, the light shows and everything that's going on, the artists that are – varying up the visuals does it have that reputation as well would you feel like or do you feel like it's like just we only talk about the music and the fact that it's mm. doctors without borders i think people think of it as a big art experiment i agree with it's the visuals an and yeah i think one thing i was thinking about this year i was like luke never tells anyone what to play right. or there's no rules right there's like a folklore around the festival about how to do it. Yeah. But people go up there and play kind of ordinary stuff sometimes. And like sometimes people play very pious, careful drones. And there's awkward things, but it's like there's somehow it works because yeah. of this alchemy. Yes. You know? I'm going to be honest. My favorite part of it is watching the transitions between bands and how that's going to play out. Yeah. And the real heroes are oftentimes the sound people <laughs> troubleshooting oh, on the amazing. spot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm. it, so there's like this tightrope walk that is happening between bands, which I think is pretty fun to, to witness. Um, but you, you also just played your uh, album release show and it looked like uh, at the Mirror Lab, that looked like a cool event. Like I think the drone not drone heads came out. They did. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Maybe deliberately. We love that venue because mm -hmm. it's like a, a multimedia art space. Um, but I think guiltily, guiltily, like we booked a small place so it would look totally full and feel <laughs> intimate. <laughs> and it did. Um, we booked two other bands, Old Moon, and one of the other bands couldn't make it. But like uh, something came out of that. It was like a kraut rock. It like felt like Noi was in the room with yeah. us. The spirit of Noi was there that night. Very um, cool. It was really cool. Uh, it's yeah, not easy. Say about that? Well, it's just Minneapolis is a really special place for community. It's you can't, I think, have a project like this in New York or Chicago mm -hmm. or L.A. in the same way. And it's like, yes, we don't have tons of labels and all of that. But, you know, it means that people are patient and yep. they sit with your projects and they, they're excited about new work. And I think that gives you a headspace. Yeah. Um, which is really I think we're fortunate to have it. Yeah, you know, in the, in the Twin Cities, and maybe part of that is it's just not 
oversaturated with so many bands right right that are doing yeah. it yeah right well let's let's play one more block of music and i think we'll wrap things up because we got to go down and record a live session so what are we going to start off this set with um, the first song we're going to play is a song by American Cream called Under the Dark Moon. And American Cream is a band in Minneapolis that, um, well, it's not really a band. It's, <laughs> it's, it's Nate. It's right? Nate. It's one guy. But he puts together a band yeah. um, that is different from show to show. Um, so they chose this song. I actually sing backup vocals on this song. And, and the name of it? Under the Dark Moon. All right. So We're going to collect royalties in this play. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> well, here is American Cream. And thanks again, you all, for coming down. And well, thank you. We thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much.
At this time, I'm going to turn things over to E, who are live in the lower gallery of the Art Center of St. Peter, performing the entirety of their new album, Junk Body.
until that train came to the station. It has to really slow down before it stops. Thank you so much. We're Eve. Glad to be here in town. This song is called Mel's Hole. We're not only going to it, but this is the title.
And that's going to bring things to an end for this installment of the show. I'd like to thank the members of E once again for taking the time to travel down to St. Peter to chat with me for a bit and to perform. If you'd like to check out the complete playlist for this episode, you can go to our website at freeformfreakout.com. There are links that will bring you to each of the releases played and where you can purchase either physical or digital copies. As always, I encourage you to support artists like E and the independent labels that release their work as much as you can. If you have any questions or comments, you can always get in touch with me at fffreakout at hotmail.com. I'll be back again in a couple of weeks with another new episode. Until then, thanks so much for listening.